Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting ducks may require more gear than most other types of hunting, but it doesn't have to be super expensive to get started. On this episode, I'm going to break things down between the must-haves and the should-haves. Hey, and welcome to another episode of The New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're talking about duck hunting gear and what you need to have to get started and what you should have to get started. And I'm not going to go too far into the nice-to-haves because that list never ends. But duck hunting gear, this is one of my favorite topics. It really is. I like gear. I like gear, I like equipment, I like researching gear, I like testing gear, I like trying gear on, I like using new gear in the field, I like gear that helps me do things that I couldn't do without that gear because I tried. Uh, I'm not real big on the kind of hunting where you just buy everything and then go hunting for the first time. That doesn't really work for me because one, it's super expensive and two, I don't know what I really need until I do it. I don't know what works best for me until I get out there and do it. And once I get some experience, then I understand, oh, wow, I need this. Oh, wow, this would be helpful. Oh, wow, I I can't even imagine another way to do this without something that helps me do that. And on and on and on. So I like to get started with the least amount of gear possible to get into the woods. And then once I get some experience, once I figure out that I even like that kind of hunting, and then once I learn what helps... And, uh, you know, you don't have to learn what doesn't help if you don't buy stuff you don't need. If all you do is follow marketing and the newest thing and you buy it and you go out there and realize, oh, this doesn't really help me, you've missed it. Uh, But if you've got experience first, then you can determine what you do need and you don't ever have to come into those, those moments where you realize, oh, I bought something that's not helpful because experience helped you pick what would be helpful. But you gotta start somewhere. You do, you can't just 
show up with nothing. It's not going to work. And duck hunting takes a lot of gear relative to pretty much every other kind of hunting. Um, it may be the most gear intensive type of hunting if you want to go that far. Now, a lot of people try to be more minimalistic and I like that approach and that's the best way to get started because it's what most people can afford. But you need to have some gear to get started. So first, the must-haves. What do you need to have to hunt ducks? Well, number one, you got to have a license or multiple licenses as the case may be. You got to, in my state, you need to get a hunting license. You then need to get a migratory game bird license. And then you then, after that, you have to get a federal duck stamp. So it's a three license thing that you've got to get. Now, in some states, you may have more and others, you may have less. You need to figure out what you need in your state. Um, and there's almost always at least two. You need that federal duck stamp, doesn't matter what state you're in, and then you need whatever licensing your state requires. Don't overlook that. The game commission finds you in the field, first thing they're going to want to see is your hunting license. The second thing you need to hunt ducks is a shotgun. I mean, there's just no way to do it. You don't have a shotgun, you can't do nothing. So you got to have a shotgun. What kind of shotgun do you need to have? Well, as my usual recommendation goes, the one that you already have or can borrow is the one you need to get started. Whatever you already have or you can borrow, uh, if you don't have that, then whatever you can get the cheapest used at a gun shop or a gun show is the best thing to get. Whether it's a break action single shot, whether it's a pump action, whether it's a semi-auto, whether it's a bolt action, whatever you already have can borrow or can get used cheap, that's where you want to start. Get into the field, figure this thing out, buy the other pieces of gear that are absolute requirements, and then next season or whenever you get the resources, <clears throat> you can upgrade your shotgun. Now, all things being equal, I like to have a semi-automatic shotgun. If you've got the budget for it, if you're ready to buy something new, I like to get a cheap semi-auto, something I'm not afraid to scratch up and haul through the woods and all that. Uh, I don't love pump shotguns because pump shotguns requires a, another skill set. You've got to practice that. You've got to practice pulling that trigger. You've got to practice pumping after every shot. It's got to become muscle memory, automatic. And if it does, <clears throat> and you develop that skill set, you can be just as effective with a pump shotgun as with a semi. But I like the semis because that's one less skill set I need to develop and need to worry about. That said, over the years, I've, I've become you know, relatively proficient with a pump action, but I still prefer the semi because I'd rather not have to think about it. And when you're hunting waterfowl, you know, unlike most other kinds of hunting, the second shot and the third shot really can count and you're going to take birds with those additional follow-up shots. So, but if you've got a single shot, if you've got a break action, if you've got whatever you have... <clears throat> Excuse me, whatever you have, start with that. That's the best place to start. Get into the woods for spending no money on a shotgun, whatever you can borrow, figure out your style, what you like, and then you can always spend money later. So you need a shotgun. Number two, you need steel shot. I'm pretty sure 
across America, you can't use lead anywhere. Um, you know, if I'm wrong, forgive me. But in every state I know of, and I think it's a federal thing, you can't use lead for waterfowl hunting anywhere in the country. So you've got to use steel shot or something more expensive than steel shot. For new hunters, you should probably get the cheapest you know, steel shot that you can. Now, what you're looking for, in my opinion, is you want, you know, whatever whatever gun you have. Maybe your gun can do two and three quarter inch shells. Maybe you can get three inch shells. Maybe you've got a gun that'll use three and a half inch shells. Whatever the case may be. I recommend three inch shells most of the time. I think uh, the excessive recoil and cost of three and a half inches is not the right place for most people to start. So three inch most of the time, two and three quarter inch works just fine as well. I like to get shells that have more velocity and as much payload for that velocity as possible. Um, you know, that's just my preference. This is probably worthy of an entire episode and it'll probably be one. But, you know, I like to be up there in the 1400 plus feet per second category with as much payload as I can get in a shell you know, ounce and a quarter, ounce and a half, or even more than that, if possible, of steel shot. Um, that's the way I like to do it, just because that speed gives you a little bit more range. I'm not so worried about the BBs flying at the, the duck faster. I'm worried about being able to have just a little bit more range. Steel shot is not as effective as lead shot. So maybe if you've hunted pheasants, or you've hunted grouse or you've hunted doves or you've hunted crows with lead shot which is legal in, in a number of states you might think that okay well i'll just use similar to that and i'll hunt ducks with steel shot it does not work that way steel shot is drastically less dense than lead you need bigger shot to still have less range so i typically use number five or number four number um yeah, usually number four is the average. Number four, number two shot is mostly what I use. I think anything bigger than that, just that there's not enough density in the pellets to go far enough to give you adequate range. I don't mean good range, I just mean adequate. But that's its own episode. You need some kind of steel shot. In this day and age, you might need just whatever you can find at the store that will work in your gun. That might be your only option. Uh, and then you've got stuff beyond steel. You've got bismuth shot you've got tungsten shot you've got all sorts of blends of steel and bismuth and steel and tungsten and bismuth and tungsten and all sorts of things and like i said that's worthy of its own episode and we'll do one uh, hopefully in the near future so you got your shotgun you got some shells then you need some cheap waders to get started cheap waders you need a way to get into the water to retrieve your ducks or and to put your decoys out, which of course decoys will be next on the list, but you need some cheap waders. I started with a pair of vinyl hip waders and they were not good for the task. <clears throat> these pair, these waders were basically designed for fishing. You know, you'd get to the stream, you'd put the waders on, you'd step out into the stream. When you're done, you come out, take those waders off, put your shoes back on because they're super uncomfortable on your feet. They're super cold. I mean, super duper cold. Vinyl, just like it just like sucks the heat out of your body. They're not insulated. They're nothing. 
They're just, they were waterproof, but they just suck the heat out of my body. Uh, the worst part of them was, you know, you get in the water, then you get out of the water. And if you didn't take them off and you'd sit there as they dry, evaporative cooling is taking place. And it's just, you're getting colder because they're drying than you were even standing in the water with them. So, you know, it was a, I had to learn what to do with those to put them on get into the water, get out of the water, take them off. And it was a pain, but I already had them. It was free. Okay. It worked because it was free until I figured out I like duck hunting until I was able to get up some money to buy something better. It got me into the sport, got me started. And that's all you need. You don't need something great to get started. You can get, and I, I was just on Amazon, just looking stuff up. You can get a pair of, of hunting waders slash fishing waders that are $30, dollars $50. $50. You really can. Are they good? No. No, they're not good. Are they going to last a long time? No, they're not going to last a long time. Should you wear them from the car to the water? Absolutely not. They might not even make it through the first hunt if you do that. But for $30, bucks, 40 bucks, maybe $50, you can get a pair of cheap waders that's going to get you through your first season if you don't put them on till you're ready to get in the water and then you take them off when you're done in the water they will they will get you into the sport people say well you should spend more money on a better pair of waders so waders is its own subject it's going to be its own episode i've already got it planned out <clears throat> and there is truth to that but here's the thing Waders only last so long. A great pair of waders might last you five years. A great pair, great. Um, and most, pretty much no new hunters are going to start paying that much money for a great pair of waders. A good pair of waders might last you three years. A lousy pair of waders is going to last you one year. Maybe half of the second year. It, chances are they won't make it that long. But here's the thing. You pay 30 bucks, you get a year out of them, a season out of them, you maybe you hunt three, four, five, six times. Okay, you could have spent, you know, 150 bucks on ones that might last you two or three years. Well, you're actually that cheap pair. Your your cost per year isn't is actually lower maybe than if you got a mid grade pair of waders. So. You know, you're not losing anything in the long run by buying a super cheap pair of waders and you've got the expectation of one season out of them, but it gets you started. It's a low entry point. Your cost per year is not going to be worse than if you bought a better pair of waders. So they're not going to be as comfortable. They're not going to be as effective. They're not going to be very warm. They're, they're not going to be very durable. You're going to have to be careful when you use them, but they'll get you into the sport for cheap. When, and then you figure out, do I really want to invest a lot more money in some breathable waders and some neoprene waders? And then you learn which one of those two might be best for you. People always ask the question when it comes to waders, what's better, breathable layer waders or neoprene waders? There is no better. The one of the two is going to be better for you for specific circumstances and styles of hunting. It's different between people. I need a whole episode to go into that, and I will in the near future. But get something cheap to get you started. Like I said, your cost per year is not going to be that bad. If you get a rip, if you get a tear, 
You just tape them. You can seal them. You can get some uh, 4,000 UV marine grade sealant from 3M, cures and dries in 24 hours, and then you can be back into the water. Costs like 10 bucks. So you can do things like that to get you through your first season, to get you, because you got to buy all this other stuff too. It's a lot to try to buy all at once. So you don't need to spend 200 bucks on a good pair of waders. You can spend 30 or 40 bucks to get you something that will, will get you into the water. And then you just be really careful with those and only wear them <clears throat> when you're going into the water. And then you can get into the sport. Next thing you need. Oh, I should hold on. I should pause right there. If you have that gear, if you've got licenses, a shotgun, steel shot, and cheap waders, you could actually jump hunt ducks. That's enough that you could go out and you could jump hunt. If you've got no more money, no more budget, no more resources than that, you could actually get into the woods and jump hunting is, uh, is, is trying to get the jump on ducks. You're walking near streams, you're walking near water, you're trying to find birds on the water, and then you're, you're trying to sneak up on them to get within range and either cause them to flush and shoot them or shoot them on the water. Uh, I did an entire episode on the different strategies for hunting ducks, went in more in depth about this one and how to do it effectively. You can go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it. But jump hunting is, it's a legitimate way to hunt ducks. It's a fun way to hunt ducks. It is much less successful than traditional way of hunting ducks, which is on the water much less effective, much harder to take your limit, more likely to leave without ducks. But you can do it. You can get into the sport. You can do something for without getting any more gear than licenses, gun, ammo, and waders. So, and of course, you're not going to want to wear those waders while you're hunting. You're not going to even put them on until you shoot a duck. You know, pack those in and, but you can hunt like that. I don't, I, it's it's not I would not aspire for that to be your starting place but if that's where you're at budget wise then do that that I've had fun doing that usually in the middle of the day after we've hunted the morning and didn't take a limit then we're gonna go scouting slash jump hunting looking for places to hunt in the future well you know maybe there's a chance we can we can get a duck walking around so it's happened I've done it I've shot ducks jump hunting uh, but like I said, it's not what I would aspire to, and it's not its not the most fun kind, but you might find it fun, and if you think it's fun, great. Next, you need a headlamp. You are going to go in while it's still dark for most duck hunts. You're going to be going in in the dark, and this is not like deer hunting or turkey hunting, where you want to get to your spot with no light, no disturbance, no nothing. You're going to get in super early, you're going to need to set up all kinds of stuff. You're going to need to put decoys out. You're going to need to get a blind built. You're going to need to do all kinds of things. You have to have light, both to see as you're walking in, because unlike deer hunting or turkey hunting, you're, you're bringing in a lot of gear. So you can't move as, as easily and stealthily. So you just got to be able to see. So you need a decent headlamp. You can pick up a good one for 10 bucks. 15 bucks, you can get a really good one for 20 bucks. Jump on Amazon. Whatever you want to spend, you can spend it. The specs and all that don't really matter that much. You know, get something cheap to get you started. 
I've had a headlamp that I've used for years and years. I'm not even sure when I first got it or acquired it or was given it. Super cheap. Three AAA batteries. It's not that bright. It's got three modes. You know, low, medium, high. It's it's sort of semi-water resistant. Not proof, but resistant. And uh, I don't know. it's, It's probably like an $8 headlamp. I've been using it for years. I thought about upgrading last year and I was like, eh, you know what? It still works. It does enough. So, you know, this is not something that has to be big. Next one, ear protection. You got to have ear protection, um, especially if you're hunting with other people. You know, if it's just one shotgun, that's one thing. If you've got two or three shotguns out there, that is triple the ear damage for every time a bunch of ducks fly by. You gotta have ear protection. You do not want to hunt without ear protection. Now you can start with the cheapest earplugs. You get a, a jug of them for you know hundreds of earplugs for five dollars or ten dollars. You know you get a you get a pair of really nice uh, silicone earplugs. You know that have a string between them that I like to use for two dollars a pair. Whatever you want, whatever you can afford, you can start there. You could then upgrade from there to to get some electronic earplugs. They make some out there in the $100 range and plus that are significantly better than just earplugs. Or you can go all the way and you can get excellent electronic ear protection that is going to, you know, amplify the sound of the ducks that's going to let you hear everything that's going on outside around you, your friends talking, the water, you know, moving through the streams and all of that. Uh, But that's going to cost you more. It's a little harder for you. Now, me personally, I'm a big fan of Tetra Hearing and their ear protection. I think it is the absolute best on the market that I've ever seen or, or touched with my own hands. I think they they do they make probably the best product for waterfowl hunting uh, that's out there. Um, some of the biggest people in the industry use them and endorse them. You know, they're there's what they're what Phil Robertson's wearing when he goes duck hunting. Uh, and uh, you know, I, that's I think the holy grail of ear protection for waterfowl hunters and all hunters. And uh, they're also a supporter of the channel and very much appreciate them. I actually reached out to them and said, hey. I love what you guys make. I love what you're doing. Um, you know, can can would you be interested in in being a part of what we're doing here? And of course, they were excited about that. But I know most new hunters aren't going to start there. So you can start with, I mean, foam earplugs. And here's the way you do it to maximize the hunt. Okay, because I know you want to hear when you're hunting. So do I. I hate foam earplugs, but I have gone out with foam earplugs because. You just got to do something. So here's the way I recommend that you use foam earplugs. And I'll probably do a whole episode on hearing protection here in the near future. But here's the way you can do it. You get out there. You get set up. You sit down. I wouldn't put nothing in my ears until after shooting light comes. Because why would you sit there with earplugs in before shooting light? Now, if you're hunting by yourself... The way I would do it, and you usually don't want to hunt by yourself, but if you're by yourself, you know, if you're right-handed and you're shooting right-handed, then the gun's going to be on your right side and your left ear is going to be the barrel-facing ear, okay? 
So I would put an earplug in my left ear once ducks start moving. Once I start to see, you know, he reaches the point of the morning where you start to see some duck activity, then I would put a plug in my left ear. I would then put a plug and rest it on my right ear, or if it's on a string, dangle it off of, you know, wrap it around my right ear, but dangle it there. And I'm not going to put that plug in until I see ducks and start calling. Okay, so what I would do is I would, with my left hand, I'm going to grab my call. With my right hand, I'm just going to squeeze that plug in, and then I can start calling. And, you know, when I once I've seen the ducks, I don't need to hear the ducks, and those few moments of, of not being able to hear, um, you know, aren't going to kill you. Now, if you're hunting with people, others... You really need to keep in mind that other people can shoot, maybe when you're not expecting it. So I would tend to keep the plug in the ear that is towards the other person. So if I'm someone's on my right, I'm going to plug the right ear, and I'm going to keep the left one as the, the one that I put in at the last moment. Now, if you're hunting with more than one person, and you're the guy in the middle, oh, that's tough. But there's different ways you can do this. So... If you're hunting with multiple people, only one is going to be calling most of the time. So the person who's calling, they can pick where they're going to sit, right? Maybe they want to sit on one side or the other, not in the middle. When that person sees ducks and start calling, you've got time to put both earplugs in. If you're not the caller, as soon as they, they start calling, you can squeeze those earplugs in. Or if they see ducks, you can work on getting your earplugs in while they work on getting their call up. And then they can start calling. And, uh, you know, they can maybe be on one side. So their ear that's facing you, whoever, however many people are there, are plugged. So you can do things that are like that. Is that going to work all the time? No. Are you going to have shots that are unexpected? Probably. But if you can at least have one ear plugged all the time, or both ears plugged most of the time, you're going to protect your hearing a lot more. Every shot has the potential of just taking a little chink out of your hearing. You have to be aware of that. And if you're hunting with other people, and if you're having a great hunt, you're doing a lot of shooting, you really can notice it. So, you know, I recommend you take whatever precautions you can. Once you're able to get some cheaper earplugs or some great earplugs, electronic ones, people ask, what about the, uh, you know, the, the electronic, like uh, the, the over-ear muffs? You know, those are not a bad option, but I usually hunt with a hat on. It's usually cold, and I just can't, that just doesn't work. Uh, I've not found any way to make that work. Those are usually a cheaper option uh, for the quality that you get, but I've not, I just not have found a way to make it work yet. Maybe you can make it work. Maybe, maybe that's warm enough for you, or you hunt somewhere south, more south, and you can use that as an intro option. But do something for your ears. Next, you need decoys. Um, it's just, it's, it's just, you just have to have decoys. So you can start with as few as six decoys. I recommend at least a dozen, but if you're hunting small water, if you're hunting, you know, backwater, if you just don't have the money to get into it, you can get six decoys and you can get started. Um, if you are trying to get started from scratch, we're actually doing a, a decoy giveaway. For June, July, and August, every month I'm giving away a half a dozen decoys, uh, Flambeau Outdoors decoys, they sent them to us to give away to you guys. 
Um, so you can go to the website, newhuntersguide.com, and then you can so- sign up there in order to enter the decoy giveaway. All you got to do is put in your name and email address and then click through to subscribe on YouTube. Two steps. You don't got to take picture of yourself, you know, making a duck roast and posting it on Instagram or something crazy. Just go to the website, hit the decoy giveaway page. They also gave us a code uh, for all listeners for 10% off anything from their store. And you can find that on the we- on the website in the show notes as well. But get you some decoys. I started with Flambeau decoys. I did all my research to find the cheapest decoy that had the best quality. And that's what I landed with. And then I, I talked to them. I said, hey, look, you guys have a good decoy at a good price point. Would you be interested in, you know, sending us some decoys to give away on the show? And they said, sure. They're not paying me to give away decoys. I asked them to send us some decoys and uh, in order to get those out to you guys. So three months. If you enter one time, you're entered to win all three giveaways. So you got to have some decoys. You don't need a ton of decoys, but you need some decoys. Now, people ask, well, what size decoys should I get? Of course, I'll do a whole decoy episode, too. But I recommend the smaller decoys, either the uh, the standard decoys or the full-size decoys. I don't like the magnums, the super magnums, the battleship decoys, the ones that are as big as geese. To me, they're just overkill. They're too heavy. They take up too much space. It's too hard to pack too few of them in. I'd rather have more smaller decoys than fewer giant decoys. But, you know... If, if you've got some or you can get some cheap or you find a good deal or you register for the giveaway and win, then there you go. So you got to have some decoys and along with decoys comes anchors, which I did not realize immediately. Uh, I bought my first set of decoys and then Riley was like, hey, so uh, how are you going to anchor those? And I was like, uh, what? Uh, what? What's an, what is an anchor? What, what are you talking about? What do you mean? So then I had to figure out the whole world of anchors and rigging and all of those kind of things. So an anchor is basically, it's a weight on a string. The string clips onto the decoy. The weight goes to the bottom of the water, keeps the decoys from floating away. It's kind of a big deal because they will all float away minutes after you put them out in almost any conditions. So you got to have rigging. Sometimes people will tie the decoys together with string and then tie that to a weight. To me, that becomes ridiculously tangled and complex. I like to use super simple rigs, just clip them onto the decoys, and I'll talk more about that in a future episode. Um, you know, I like to use like the rigum rights with the weight on the bottom and maybe the three-foot cord. To me, that works in most situations, um, but there's lots of good options out there. So you got to have decoys, you got to have rigs, then you got to have a decoy bag. You got to have a bag to put these decoys in because there's really no other way to carry them into the woods without a bag. So decoy bags are cheap. You can usually get one or two for like 10 or 15 bucks and that'll get you started. I bought one of the super cheap ones and it has held up and lasted amazingly after a full season. Then you need to get a duck call. Okay, duck call, super important. If you want to be hunting ducks. Now, decoys, in my opinion, are more important than the duck call. You can set up decoys and you can get ducks to come in without calling. Um, You're better off calling. Your chances are higher calling, significantly so. 
But if you just set up decoys and don't call, <clears throat> there will still be ducks from time to time. They're going to come into your decoys. Whereas the opposite of that is not really true. If you call and have no decoys, that's pretty much they're never going to come in and, and get where you need them to be. So you got to have a call. A call. You don't need five calls. You don't need 10 calls. For most hunting seasons, you just need a mallard call. That's it. One mallard call can get you started. <clears throat> That's all you need to get your foot in the door. Uh, I started with uh, uh, one of Riley's calls that he makes, Rilo Game Calls. Custom, he makes them from scratch. They're relatively inexpensive because <clears throat> he's able to get super good, if not free, deals on the wood. But I've ended, ended up with a whole collection of duck calls. I've got some duck commander calls. I've got some other calls. I don't even remember what the brands are. Um, do they, they all work. They're not all as good as one another, but they all make duck noises. How you use them is more important than what they are. So, you know, you got to get a call. And again, I will do an episode on calls and get into that more. Next, you want to get camo. Well, you have to have camo. You need camo from your waist up. Not so much below the waist, but you need camo from the, because you're going to be sitting, you're going to be hiding, you're going to be in a blind. Uh, really, the shoulders up is the most important because that's what's going to be the easiest to see. So you need a jacket, a shirt, a vest, something you can put on that's camo. You need a camo hat. You need a camo face mask of some sort. Camo gloves are highly recommended. You need to be camoed while you're sitting there, while you're calling the ducks in. Now, some people prefer not to wear gloves when they're calling. They maybe keep their hands in their pockets. You know, that's fine. But whatever's exposed, whatever's visible, needs to be camoed, needs to be concealed. Or the blind that you're hunting in needs to completely conceal you so your lack of perfect camo doesn't show. You don't need super expensive camo. You do not need, you know... Sitka camo and Under Armour camo and any kind of fancy brand of camo, any kind of regular cheap on sale camo that is similar in color and tone to where you're hunting is going to work. Usually darker color camos, um, you know, stuff like that. Next, you need a hide. And that is that is the term of the sport. A hide, you know, I had a good hide. I didn't have a good hide. We got a bad hide today. That's the way it's talked about. Your hide is whatever the setup that you're using is to conceal yourself from the ducks. Now, you don't have to buy anything for this. The way most people do it is they get to where they're going to hunt. They will build a blind, a little curved thing out of sticks and twigs and driftwood and whatever they can find. And then they're just going to pile brush on top of that. Dead weeds, whatever vegetation they can find from the area that's true to the area. On top of that, get it as high as they can, surround them as much as they can, and hide behind that. And you're going to build that every time you go out into the woods. It usually takes about 20 to 30 minutes to do, so you need to allow that extra time when you walk in. You can buy super amazing you know, duck blinds that you basically build like a little tent and, you know, you sit in the middle and then you can stand up and shoot and they're all that. But those, those are like two, three, four, five hundred bucks. 
and you're not going to start with that. And you still may not want that even in the long run because they're heavy and they're big and they take up space and they're not as easy to get in and pack into a spot. And you still need to brush those up either in advance or when you get there. So they're not saving you all the steps, just some of the steps. So don't feel like you need something like that to get started. That is, that's, that is a nice to have sometimes. It is not necessarily even better though than what you can do just building your own little blind when you go out into the field. Don't feel like, oh, well, I don't have the money, so I've got to build my own blind. Well, there are people who do have the money and still choose to build their own blind because they get a better result or just as good of a result and they don't have to pack as much in. So you're not a second-class citizen for doing that. I like to use a, a, um, a pop-up stake blind, basically just a wall of camo on stakes for, that you can buy online for 20 or 30 bucks. And I like to set that up first as sort of the core shape of the blind and then build and stack and brush everything in around that. Uh, I feel like that, that helps just cover all the bases and uh, maybe saves a little time on the process and it doesn't weigh much or take up much space. So you got to have that. Then you need to have something to sit on because you're, you're, it's wet usually when you're waterfowl hunting and you need to have a seat. Now what you can use to sit on can be any number of things. Okay, you could sit on just one of those little hunting cushions that's waterproof on the bottom. Gives you a little cushion, keeps you dry. You could cut up a little piece of a yoga mat or something, an exercise mat. You know, just cannibalize one of those for zero dollars and that'll keep you dry and give you a little bit of comfort. Uh, what I've been doing lately is I rotate, depending on the situation, I either use a turkey chair that keeps me super low to the ground about you know maybe four inches off the ground and what I'll do is I'll hunt in a turkey chair when I'm in a situation where ducks are most likely to be coming from in front of me and where the blinds not too high <clears throat> and I'll try to set it up so I'm gonna shoot from a sitting position because I'm gonna be extra low to the ground and it's just hard to stand up sitting in one of those if I'm in a more traditional blind setup I've got a one of those folding little three-legged hunting stools that keeps you like, you know, it's like a little two-foot seat and they weigh nothing. I think I bought one for 15 or 20 bucks at one of the big box stores years ago. Not for this. I, you know, I think I bought it for deer hunting and it turned out to be terrible for deer hunting because it was so uncomfortable. Uh, but with duck hunting, you're not trying to sit for 12 straight hours like you are deer hunting. So it actually it turned out to be a, a pretty decent tool for waterfowl hunting because the way you use it, it's much more reasonable. But you can use a bucket. You can sit on, you know, a camping chair. Yeah, whatever you've got that's not going to, you know, break your concealment or mess up your hide that gets you whatever level off the ground you want to be to stand and shoot or sit and shoot if you prefer to do that. But you're going to need something to sit on. You don't just want to go out for your first day and realize, oh, I'm just going to sit in the mud. And then you're soaked through within 10 minutes and you just have a miserable time. You want something you can sit on, even if it's not comfortable and needs to keep you dry. So those are the must-haves. License, shotgun, steel shot, cheap waders, headlamp, ear protection, decoys, anchors, a bag, a duck call, 
camo, a hide, something to sit on. Then you got the should-haves. I'm not saying nice-to-haves, because that list never ends, but these are the should-haves. You should have a jerk rig. You can get by without a jerk rig, but you should have a jerk rig. Something that creates movement in the decoys, creates ripples, makes the ducks look like they're real and alive and not sitting motionless on calm days and calm water. Now, if you got some good wind, it's going to move the decoys around. You don't need a jerk rig. But if it's a calm-ish day, even semi-calm, even semi-windy, a jerk rig is really going to help. And you can buy a jerk rig, which is basically an anchor with a bungee and then some line and clips for your decoys. And you sit in back in your blind and you pull that string and the line stretches and the decoys move because they're clipped to it. And that'll work just great. You can usually get something like that for 30 bucks or you can make your own. There's all kind of creative ways to do it. Uh, I like to, I've, what I've done in the past multiple times is take an exercise weight, like a two pound weight. If it's black, you're done. If it's, if it's neon yellow or something, you spray paint it black or brown. Then take a, a key ring, zip tie that key ring to the middle of the weight. And then you just run a, a little bit of duck uh, decoy line or string from your blind down to that line or down to that key ring, which is going to be on the bottom of the water. You're going to throw that into the water and then you tie the other end to a decoy. And when you pull that line from the blind, that line that goes down into the bottom of the water is then going to pull straight down on the decoy that's floating above it. So you, you, you're pulling straight back, but because it's going through a loop at the bottom of the water, it's going to yank downward on that decoy and create a dipping action like the duck is feeding, and that's going to give you ripples. And you can accomplish that for $0 if you already have all the stuff, or if you need to buy some string, you know, you've got that cost. So that's a way you can do it on the cheap. You don't have to have a jerk rig, but you should. <clears throat> decoy gloves. You know, you're going to be putting decoys in the water. You're going to be picking decoys up out of the water. You might be messing with stuff that's wet. Uh, decoy gloves are really nice for keeping your hands dry. You might not think that matters so much. You can maybe get away without decoy gloves to put the decoys out in the water, uh, but often you're adjusting them or they got mud on the decoys and you're washing the decoys in the water with your hand to clean them off and you realize, oh man, it is cold sometimes. You know, especially if you get, you know, in Pennsylvania in January, it, you know, you're breaking ice. You, you got to have some kind of gloves. So I've got, oh, what are they? Uh, a pair of uh, insulated vinyl decoy gloves. I picked them up at Rogers. Uh, they're just basically a vinyl glove with you know, thinsulate map through the inside. One size fits most, you know, that you don't have a whole lot of dexterity, but they are super warm, completely waterproof, not bulky at all, very light and cheap. They're like 15 bucks. So something like that is a very good thing to have. Real waiters. You should have real waiters. And I talked enough about that situation. Um, so I don't need to belabor the point further here, but real waiters are a should have. A call lanyard, really good thing to have. When I first started, I had to put my call down if I was going to shoot or if I was pulling on the jerk rig. 
And now my call's in the mud. My call's in the dirt. Fall out of my lap. Now it's under my chair. Where'd the call go? Ducks are flying by. So a call lanyard solves that problem. It's basically a fancy string necklace that has little loops on it for duck calls. You can make something yourself. Um, I think I, the one that I bought was 15 or 20 bucks on Amazon. There's nothing special about it. You can jump on Amazon and find something probably any time, day or night, that'll do the job. You don't need one that'll hold 30 calls because you only really need one call to start. And even once you get past that to, to a few more calls to expand your repertoire, you still only need a handful uh, for most situations. So, you know, a lanyard can, can be a nice help. You're eventually going to need a way to get your stuff into the spot. We started packing stuff in on our backs. You know, dozen decoys, some hip waders, you know, the seats. We, we just packed it in. And we were able to do that because, one, we didn't have that much stuff yet when we just got started. Two, when we first started, we weren't walking all that far. And three... We had so much excitement and energy that we were duck hunting. Oh man, it's amazing. And we were we were willing to maybe do more than than was convenient to do. And but we quickly reached the point where even with two guys, we had too much stuff to pack in on our backs. Once you get past the dozen decoys, once you get some real waders, once you start getting all this stuff that I've mentioned, it just is weight and size and bulk. And you just, if you're walking any distance, it can be really hard. You either have to make multiple trips and you're really going to walk half a mile, three quarters of a mile through the woods, up and down hills in the morning, multiple times. I'm not, you know, if I'm, if I'm able to park, you know, 50 feet from the water, well then sure, multiple trips is no problem. But most of the places I've hunted, that's not, that's not the realm of reality. So you need some way to transport this stuff in. It's not going to kill you to pack it in and out. So I like to use a jet sled, which is basically a super heavy duty composite or fiberglass sled that's made for farm work to drag stuff around on dry ground. You're not talking about something to sled ride one with. I mean, this thing is inflexible. It is hardcore. We drag this thing over rocks, over trees, over boulders, over anything and everything. And it it shows almost nowhere for it. It's amazing. Um, But they're not super cheap. You know, you're looking at like a $40, $50 play to get a, a regular size one. Now, there's some people, they want to get the extra large sled, the biggest one that they make, you know, six feet long and three and a half, four feet wide. I'm going to caution you guys, don't do that, okay? Do not buy a super big sled. Here's the reason. You load up a regular size sled to full capacity, it's almost too heavy to pull. You can load it up so it's so heavy you almost can't even pull it. You, you get three guys and you try to put all your backpacks and all your guns and all your decoys and all your stuff and your boots and all your waders. It can be so heavy that you almost can't even pull it. So you're better to have, if you've got lots of guys, have two sleds than to have one giant sled. And then both sleds are lighter. They're easy to manage. And of course, if you're hunting by yourself, 
you know, one sled is one regular size sled is all you need, and it's not going to be too heavy for you. So a sled works great. They're, they make carts, uh, or you can repurpose a cart. And if you're hunting on flat ground, it's easy to get stuff through. A, car, a cart can work good as long as it'll maneuver. Whether you use a cart or a sled, you want to bungee everything down. So even if it tips a little bit, stuff's not going to fall off. You know, a sled is almost never going to capsize. A cart could flip over. Um, but it depends on the terrain and where you're hunting. And then some people like to, to boat their stuff in on a kayak or a canoe. That's a great way to do it. If you've got the resources, if you have one of those, if you're able to transport one of those, if you already have a kayak or a canoe, and I've talked about this on previous episodes about strategy and how to hunt, that can be a way, great way to get in and a great way to get your stuff in. But a jet sled is fantastic for anything else. Next, you want to have some cold weather gear. You know, most of duck season, it's cold. Now, if you live in Louisiana, it is not going to be as cold as it is in New York. So, you know, depending on where you are, that's a relative statement. You know, I was out last year hunting. It was so cold. I mean, it, stuff just wasn't frozen over. It was the, the ice was so thick. I almost couldn't break it by standing on it. And I broke a spot that really wasn't big enough, but it's what I broke. And then put my decoys out, and a few minutes later, it's frozen up again. And I'm like, this is ridiculously cold. You know, if you're hunting in those kind of situations and you got wind, you need to have some cold weather gear. But you don't have to start there. You can start hunting in the warmer part of the season. You can start hunting with whatever you have, but you know, you got to be careful with the wind factor because here's the thing. The windy days are the best days to hunt ducks, right? So like if you're turkey hunting, you want to hunt on the calmer days, but, and then you don't need to worry about how warm you are so much with the wind. When you're duck hunting, you want the windy days. So you're going to be out there more often than not in the worst weather days. So you, you got to think about that long-term for your gear. And then you need a hand warming plan. Some people like to use no gloves for their calling. They feel like they're able to handle the call better. They're able to make more natural sounds because they can cup the call and things like that. Some people like to call with uh, thin gloves on, just something that gives them a little bit of warmth. And there is no way to call with heavy gloves on. I've just not figured out any possible way to do that. So you need to have a hand warming plan. You got to have, what are you going to do? Are you going you gonna to use a, a hand-warming muff? You know, it's a tube. You stick your hands in at your waist. You're going to use your pockets. Are you going to use a collar's glove, which is basically a heavy-duty glove on one hand that has a little mitt built into the top of it that you can slip your other hand into? Or you just, do you, your hands not get cold, and you can use a thin glove or no glove in most conditions and be okay. There, I know people, their hands don't get cold. They just don't. They don't need gloves. Or they only need the thinnest of gloves, even in the most adverse conditions. And I scratch my head and wish I was them. But that's just not reality for most people. you got to have some kind of a hand-warming plan. So this is where you're at. You need licenses, shotguns, steel shot, cheap waders, headlamp, ear protection, decoys, anchors, a bag, duck call, camo, a hide, a seat, jerk rig, decoy gloves, waders, call lanyard, a sled, cold weather gear, hand-warming plan. It's a lot of stuff. It is, is a lot of stuff. 
to figure out, I'm going to try to get all that in a year or two, a season or two or three. It's a lot of stuff. Now you can, you know, of course, some of this stuff is optional. You can cut some of it out. If you're hunting uh, on land, you could just get some field decoys and then you don't need anchors and rigging and you don't need uh, waders. So you can, there's sometimes you can do that. And I've talked more about that in past episodes. So you don't necessarily need all of it. You don't need all of it for every hunt, but it's a lot of stuff. So you break into it with the most critical things first, the cheapest way you can do it to get into the sport so that you can start hunting and figure out, is this something you want to invest in? Now, a lot of people, they duck hunt from childhood. They grow up in a duck hunting family. They inherit gear. They're, they're, you know, they're, they just accumulate gear slowly over the time. Once they're an adult, they've, they've got all this stuff and then they're just upgrading stuff here and there. You know, if you're like me and you're in your thirties, when you do your first duck hunt ever, and you break into the sport from a standing start and you're like, it can be daunting all the things that you need, but you can be ingenuitive. You don't need everything to start and there are workarounds. You know, the cheap waders, you can carry stuff in, you can use foam earplugs, you can, you can get one duck call, you can use, you know, repurpose camo from other things, you can, there's things you can do in order to, to, to lessen that, and, and if you've got a couple guys, and I recommend you, you get a hunting buddy, you recruit somebody, if you've never done this before, find someone else who's never done it before, recruit them, and then you guys can split the gear, right? You don't need two sets of waders if you have two people. You only need one set of waders. So maybe one guy buys the waders, the other guy buys the decoys. You don't need two sets of calls to get started. You know, one guy can buy the call, one guy can buy the headlamp. You can, well, you probably both need a headlamp, but you know, the point is you can split a lot of this stuff so that you don't have to buy it all yourself immediately and you get two or three guys involved and you can pull your resources and it can become much less of a burden to break into the sport. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. Uh, please make sure you check out the website, New Hunter's Guide, and sign up for that decoy giveaway. Give it away, three sets of decoys, enough to get you started. You can pick whichever one you want. There's, there's a set of mallard ducks, there's a set of wood ducks, and there's a set of, of magnum mallard ducks. You know, if you win first, you pick which one of the three you want. I'll ship it to you. I've got them at my house. They're in my decoy bin, in the box, brand new, never used, never touched water. If you um, you win second, then you pick which one of the two le that are left. If you win third, then you get that one. But we're giving them away one a month, June, July, and August. Now, if you're listening to this and it's you know, it's 2025. You can still head to the website to the decoy giveaway page. You can still sign up and whatever the next decoy giveaway is that we do, you will be automatically entered for that. All you need to do is sign up on the website to get on the email list and then subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're subscribed to both of those things, you are entered to win every future giveaway that we do. So even if, you know, time has passed for this one, Go there and sign up anyway so you can automatically be entered to win in future ones. So till next time, I appreciate you guys. God bless you and go get them in the woods.